podcast where my friends and I talk all things gaming. I'm your host, Jarrell, and I'm joined by the new HP Critical crew, uh, Brandon, Kelly, and Gabe. So, you guys may know Brandon, um, but I want to reintroduce everyone uh, to any podcast listeners. And also, thank you, because we've reached over a thousand listens, so thank you to everyone who continues to listen to Hell us. yeah. Um, but let's do some reintroductions, starting with Brandon. Brandon, tell everybody a little bit about yourself, please. Absolutely. So, my name is Brandon. I am one of the editors at HP Critical. I am also in charge of our uh, Twitch streaming channel, twitch.tv slash HP Critical. We do streams like two or three times a week, sometimes more, depending on, you know, releases and whatnot. But yeah, that's my main thing. Um, love me Nintendo games. Have a pretty much everything from Nintendo 64 to present. Love Sony stuff. Great stuff. And... Yeah, that's pretty much me. I just enjoy talking about all kind of things gaming. That's that's my thing. Awesome. Uh, next up, Kelly. You've been on a podcast with me once. Uh, tell everybody about yourself again, please. Um. So my name is Kelly. I write articles for HP Critical. Um, I have been on the podcast before doing a little bit of an interview about one of the articles that I wrote about toxicity on Twitch. Um, I do also stream on Twitch under the name Kelly C. And that's the same um, handle as my Twitter. I love gaming and I've been gaming for a long time. I really enjoy it. I play on PC, Xbox, and PS4. I hope I can move that into the next gen consoles as well if I can ever get one. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> I need it. And next up, Gabe. Gabe, uh, you've been on a podcast as well, the PlayStation present, the first PlayStation presentation. So uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself, please. Yes, sir. My name is Gabe. As he said, I was on a previous podcast about PlayStation. Um, I'm HP Critical Certified Clown. Uh, facts. He says facts, but he's my running joke. So, oh um, my god! <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, um, I'm Bail Guru on YouTube. I it, small channel. I'm still starting up some series. Um, I'm Fail Guru on Twitch too, with a, a, a four instead of an A. Don't ask about that. Um, I don't stream very often, but if you would like to follow, that'd be nice. And on Twitter, I am also, oh no, on Twitter, I'm actually guru underscore Gabe. Did I say that right? Guru no. underscore Gabe. I said something that's, else. That's it. There you <laughs> go. Yeah, there you <laughs> go, buddy. I'm guru underscore Gabe. Um, I'm, it has been a long day, actually, even though I ate a buffet at work. Anyway. Yeah, that's me. Um, I love anything Zelda, anything Dark oh, Souls, yeah. Naruto, Dragon Ball Z, basically a lot of your mainstream animes. And yeah, the only thing I don't love is Xbox. And that's because I didn't have one as a kid. So I have a resentment towards Xbox. I mean, that's totally fair. I guess. Is that- <laughs> no, not okay. at all. I just wanted him to feel a little bit better about himself. That's really not fair. Uh, but anyway, thank you guys for joining me. Um, today we're going to be talking a little bit about gaming news. And the first thing I want to talk about is the PS5 and Xbox pre-order fiasco since Kelly brought it up and has been a victim of it. How did you guys feel about that? Well, first of all, just for anyone who doesn't know, the PS5 was revealed and then we were told that the PS5 pre-orders would go up the next day and instead of going up the next day, they went up the same day because Walmart fucked it up for everybody. And then um, once Walmart released 
all the other stores decided to also release and it was a fight for who could get the console uh, the quickest the day before it was supposed to come out. And then they also had that raffle thing where you had to put in your information if you wanted to pre-order PS5 uh, from Sony. I don't think any of us got picked for anyone who did do it. I, I don't think anyone I know personally on the website got picked for that, although I do know some people who did got, get picked that were outside the website. Um, so I don't even know how they determined who they were going to choose to do those pre-orders, but I also hold it, heard that those pre-orders um, and ended up selling out as well. So that was an entire issue. And then Xbox came afterwards, and they were going to be having uh, their own pre-orders. And they even made fun of Sony uh, with a little meme on Twitter uh, talking about how they were going to actually have their stuff ready for a perfect time and date. And then uh, not all the stores went up at the same time, and it was pretty much the same thing. People were sitting, waiting in line, trying to get a console, and by the time that they were able to, it was too late, or it was sold out. And now, bo- uh, currently, both consoles, both types of both consoles are completely sold out. Did any of you have to go through that? What happened? How was it? What did you think about it overall? Supposedly, more PS5 pre-orders are going to be opening tomorrow at GameStop, though. Did you see that? I did, um, and I thought, great. Uh, so... I thought that was great, but I think that it was only the disc version, not the digital version. Oh, okay. I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not 100% sure. Don't quote me on that. But I think it was just the the physical version. But Sony did also put out a tweet apologizing for how that went. So that was actually really cool to see. Um, But yeah, that was that. So how'd you guys feel about that? No, I tried to get an Xbox because that's what the one that I wanted. And I was on because I have a Best Buy credit card. So I was going to put it on there because, you know, yes. money's tight right now. Yeah, yeah, Corona. Yeah. So I um was like on the Best Buy app on my phone because I wasn't at home. And it just it like wasn't loading. It kept saying coming soon. And the app was like so slow and like crashing. And I just was like, I couldn't ever get it to load. And then by the time that I actually did, it was like noon and it was like all gone. Course, no! but that was my that was my experience i didn't get a new console at all yet so i'm kind of i'm kind of bummed about that i i was actually somehow lucky enough to get both um both new consoles target is my best friend uh they always seem to for some reason have more consoles than every other store i remember when they first went up everyone was like how is it like an hour later and uh, target still has consoles uh best buy uh was a struggle for me um but somehow i was able to get both but the, the entire thing was just so disappointing you know it, it just yeah. it felt like a, a, a ridiculous war to try to go through and of course you know, we assume that these companies are going to go and and start more production for their products, but it, it's still very disheartening to, um, you know, sit there. And, and I it took me at least an hour and a half before I was able to even grab um, an Xbox that day. Uh, PlayStation, I remember I finally got the PS5 at 4 a.m. Literally 4 a.m. on Amazon is when I was able to get one. Like, 4, fuck, four o'clock in the fucking morning. Like, this shit's wow. ridiculous. Um, I was persistent, though, because I'm a PlayStation person. But yeah, it was really just messy. Did you guys want to add to that, Brendan or Gabe, before I move on? I'll just say one thing. So, obviously, as you got, you both already stated, they had similar problems with their pre-order nonsense. But I also find it funny how, even though they had similarities in the problems, they also went the opposite direction. Like, Sony, their whole thing was like, oh, we'll give you guys ample notice, right? And then, of course, you know, what you just <laughs> yeah. said, literally, that announcement happened. Pre-order just started coming out with a day. No ample notice whatsoever. So people, so it was a shit show in that regard. And then with Xbox through their shade, say, hey, we'll tell you exactly when it's available for pre-order. So, yeah, we got the exact time. And to be fair, they did. But... 
they still weren't ready for all the pre-orders that came up. So, you know, a lot of people didn't get one. And then even if you could get into the website that was kept crashing and crashing and crashing, there wasn't as much stock as there were PS5. So they both suffer often problems because Xbox was clear about when you could do it, but wasn't ready for the amount that would come in. And Sony just said, just do it. They had the stock and they probably still will, but they didn't give anyone notice. So they both failed in like opposite ways, which I think is crazy. Yeah, the whole thing, just trash. Like, I'm very yeah. disappointed in both companies. Gabe, did you have anything to add? Um, I haven't gotten a pre-order yet for either of them. And yes, even though I just finished saying I hate Xbox, I did try going for the Xbox. I uh, <laughs> went live, but, um, but I, w- I was keeping very close track to both pre-orders. Um, I think we're all putting the blame, not, well, not, we're all as in, like, everyone in this podcast, but, like, as a general, we're all putting the blame on the wrong people mm-hmm. i don't think it was necessarily sony and microsoft's fault for how bad the pre-orders went because as you said walmart messed up and put the pre-orders up the day of that it was announced so i think really the fault here is the retailers um because i don't know i don't know how the business aspect of like all that works so like you know there's certain there's a certain number of units that they give to each retailer to you know to for launch for pre-orders and stuff and then they save the rest of them for later on throughout the like you know as you get closer to the date or as you know finally the 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 launch date goes and now they have a more or less idea of where to send the rest of the units so to me it was more of a the retailers fucked up and sony and microsoft just got the brunt of all the you know negativity because apparently they didn't plan it correctly but um again i don't like it's not to me it's not that big of a deal i feel like okay yeah you know you missed some of the pre-orders and you might not pre-order a little bit you know you might pre-order a little bit later um but you're eventually still going to get the system it's not like you know this isn't something that's going to disappear completely if you don't buy it you know the funny part is there was a tweet that went out and it was talking about how um I forgot who it was from, but it basically just said, uh, thanks everyone who said they hate Xbox for ruining it and pre-ordering at the same time as everyone else, you assholes, or something like that. Which, it's you! (laughs) You are that person! You were the reason Kelly couldn't get an Xbox. (laughs) Anyway. I missed it. What? what? what nothing. Nothing. It's fine. No, it, nothing. I'll tell you later. You no. missed it. You're too late. Honestly, you what really made me mad was just like how many people just had the pre-orders listed on eBay for a thousand dollars, like right yeah, after. Yeah, right that. after. Mm-hmm. That is like something that infuriates me. Like mm-hmm. that is just like the worst person on the face of the earth to me. I hate scalpers so much, and yeah. I feel Same. like that's why. That's really why, like, a lot of people couldn't get them because they had bots going in. Because you don't have to, like, check a box or do any capture or anything. And that really, that really pissed me off. Yeah, I, like, when I was ordering the PS5 from Target, or when I was attempting to order the PS5 from Target, I I ended up having to put in the PIN number for my, my card because I hadn't ordered in a while. And literally, as soon as the order was processing, it was just gone. And then, of course, like you said, you go up on eBay and you just see them for sale for exorbitant amounts of money. And yeah. It, it, the the only good thing, which I did see you tweet about, Kelly, is that they were uh, limiting them to one per person. But, I mean, even then, you know, I'm sure you could make a bot to get around that um, or, you know, just create another bot to go purchase. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, as long as it wasn't in the same order. I, like, I don't know if you can put it on the same card in different carts at the same time or something. Because you could have just, like, so many browsers open, I guess, with bots. There's really no limit to how many you could get. Yeah, I was trying to order one for me and for my boyfriend and um, from Target. And it, like it already told me, like once I tried to order the second one, it was like, no, you reached your limit. 
So, yeah. Uh, So at least Target only lets you buy one under your own account. Um, Anyway, so speaking of PS5, we do know that some games are coming to PS5, including Miles Morales, Spider-Man, and uh, Demon's Souls. And it was reported by GameSpot that those games are going to take up quite a bit of the system's SSD. So I believe it was the the estimated file size for Spider-Man Miles Morales, the standard version of the game takes up 50 gigabytes, while the Ultimate Edition, which also gives you a copy of Spider-Man Remastered, takes up 105 gigabytes. Demon Souls, meanwhile, is a full remake of the 2009 PS3 game, and it takes up about 66 gigabytes. This is straight from um, GameSpot. Now, they also have a comparison for From Software's previous game, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, which takes up less than 13 gigabytes on the PS4, and the PS3 version of Demon's Souls is less than 8 gigabytes. So, oh, there's one more here. The Call of Duty Modern Warfare size is over 100 gigabytes. So, and That's that not is, a surprise. Yeah, I mean, th- those... So... What I want to talk to you guys about, because the PS5, I believe, is coming with one terabyte, um, and I know that we all have had to, at some point, delete some games to be able to oh, deal yeah. with the amount of space just that we have on the SSD, and I don't even want to talk about the shit space that is on the Switch. Um, yeah. <laughs> how do you guys feel about knowing that these games are going to be taking up this much space? And especially, um, and you know what, I want, I want to also throw in with this, that Seagate has their external hard drive for the Xbox Series X and S, which they, um, I believe are, are going up for pre-order at Best Buy for $220. So first I want you guys to tell me how you feel about these file sizes and then tell me how you feel about the price of that external hard drive. For me, it's worrying that some of these, especially these early games for the new generation are already taking up this much gig space when both companies are offering a non-disc version. Like it's clear that both companies really do want to start pushing um, digital sales because digital sales means they get pretty much 100% of the profits. So yeah, but the problem is, and even though they're cheaper and therefore more enticing to some computers, uh, some computers, consumers that don't really do physical copies, you know, it's like you said, people are just going to either have to delete or they're going to have to shell out money for these expensive as hard drives, which the fact that this, a Seagate hard drive is like over 200 bucks. You could conceivably get the Series S, which is like uh, 300, right? Like 299, and then get this, and then it goes over 500. So in the end, you ended up spending more uh, than you would have if you just got like a Series X by itself. So like, it it just seems very counterproductive because like they really they're really trying to push this future of like digital sales, but like. If, the, if this is the best space we're going to be getting, I don't know if we're quite ready for it. It really Xbox gets a little more of a password just because they have the Game Pass, which I guess is under the assumption that you know people who have Game Pass will delete their games more or less after they played it, I guess. But still, it's just it's worrying. That's pretty much my main takeaway from it. I feel like most of the games that I played before were like those giant file sizes, anyways. Like I feel like I played Battlefront two and that was over hundred gigs and. Grand Theft Auto 5 was like 75 and like I feel like my PS4 is only 500 gigs. I don't I don't know necessarily that it's a problem, but like Brandon said, like it should be in the newest system with the games, they shouldn't be taking up that much space like right off the bat. Right. Update, updates and stuff you could add, I guess, but it kind of doesn't make sense that they right off the bat it would be taking up that much space. 
Yeah, I mean, I was also going to say, because my boyfriend and I were talking about this earlier, and he did mention that games like Destiny 2 are already taking up those file size bases on your PS4. So it's not something, and your Xbox. So it's not something that's necessarily new. But I do think that if you're going into the next generation with the idea that you want to sell these cheaper, you know, um, these cheaper digital versions, you gotta, like, you're going to end up having to shell out more money for a, a... Well, no, you don't. You can just be like me and delete the game when you're done with it, so never mind. Gabe? Well, that's... Touch on two things. One, because you said uh, the Demon Souls... Uh, the Demon Souls uh, disc space was compared to uh, Sekiro. One, I don't think that's a fair comparison. Um, if anything, you should have they should have compared it to the other From Software games that come directly from Demon Souls. But uh, But also, like... Because I remember we we talked about it a little earlier before um, the pre-order stuff um, that especially like the PlayStation Digital, if it's not gonna have the option for a um, a disc, the memory on it should be higher. Um, but that clearly doesn't look like it's gonna be the case for any of these systems. Um, but again, like to me, it doesn't bother me as much anymore simply because I have uh, two external hard drives. In which I do, you know, I switch them out whenever I need to play a certain game or something. Um, but then the whole thing of, like, I think for me, one of the bonuses of having a physical copy of the game is being able to resell it. So, you know, and like, you know, cause you finish a game and you're not going to play it again. And you know for a fact you're not going to play it again. You kind of want your money back at some point. You know, you're not going to get all your money back, but the ability to resell that game to someone else, like, oh, here, here's a game I bought for 60 bucks for like 15 or 20. Like, here you go. So I think that's like one thing that kind of goes away with, um, with everything going digital. So I'm not for it. So like, I definitely feel like a lot of these update, a lot of these, um, disk spaces should be lowered down. You know, companies have to find a way to do that or something because again and then also like a lot of these like a lot of these numbers aren't set because for example like you said the modern warfare one that's going to be that's over 100 gigabytes um modern War- call of duty is very notorious for their updates they'll go out and they'll you know release the like oh here's this new update it's only going to take you know 20 to 30 gigabytes of your memory but as soon as you boot up the ps4 and you see that update in your system it's not 20 to 30 gigabytes it's a little bit more and so yeah, that's that's me. I mean, so speaking of updates, um, I'm gonna do a really awesome segue here. Speaking of updates, the uh, Marvel's Avengers came out, and the first patch is fixing over 1,000 issues in the game, which brings up the conversation of games that are clearly coming out released that are just not finished there's i've never in my gaming career ever heard of a game getting over 1000 issues fixed in a single patch and i'm not going to read the patch notes because it's a lot but they range from yeah. things like fixing i mean yeah because it's a thousand to read through <laughs> right um, but they range from things like fixing a the the first one says it fixed an issue where a day would not progress if the player started the campaign from the war table after selecting avengers in initiative first that is literally the first mission like you can't even do the first mission that is such trash uh so how do you guys feel about games that uh are seemingly come out that aren't completely released or do something like fix over a thousand issues when it, when it first comes out 
Or even this game in general. Like, should this game have been delayed a little bit? How are we feeling about it? I mean, I don't know anything really about that game, but, like, I feel like a lot of games come out in early access now, and I feel like it's kind of a cop-out, because it's, like, just saying, like, oh, it's not done, but we're releasing it now, and there's, like, games that have been out since 2015 in early access. Yes. I'm doing air quotes. But, like, <laughs> I just, what what does that even mean? Like, I know it means the game's not done, but, like, how can you release it and have it out for five years or something in early access just because you never want to commit to it being a fully finished game i guess because i mean you might not ever finish it i I don't know i i don't really understand why they feel the need to like do that and just release it in early access i get if it's like a beta they're not calling it that they're just calling it early access yeah i think most companies attempt to do it to try to make money to continue to create their game yeah but I think Fortnite is a great example of this because that game came out in, I think, 2017, I believe. Um, I just looked up July 21st, 2017. That game was literally in, like, early access for its entirety. And, like, that made no sense because Epic makes so much money from Fortnite. There's literally no reason that game should still be in some form of early access so that we're literally paying for a game that essentially is not finished yet. I mean, I can't even tell you what's not finished about uh, Fortnite. I played it back in 2017. I played the campaign mode where you it was like you and your friends versus zombies and you had to build your own home base and all of that. And that was great. And that was um, when it was in, in uh, alpha or pre, pre-release, whatever. And now, three years later, like, it's the same shit. That literally doesn't make sense to me. But I mean, I guess instead of doing that, Marvel's Avengers was like, no, this game is done. They released it, said it was done, even though they said it wasn't early access. It clearly was, because when you got to fix over a thousand issues, like either you had a team that wasn't um, a a team of uh, testers that missed a lot of stuff, or y'all knew what this was, and you waited to see if anyone was going to complain about it. And then when people complained about it, you were like, oh shit, look, we worked so hard that we fixed over a thousand issues. But why does your game have over a thousand issues on release in the first place? Well, I'll just jump in real quick and say that um, I'm just old enough to remember a time where the QA progress had to process had to be even more rigorous because, you know, it was a time where you couldn't patch games. You know, when that was out, that was out. If there was a bug, well, nothing you can do about it now. Now, of course, we're in an age where, you know, game, all games, even if they're not online, they don't have online play can be updated at any point if there's like a game breaking bug or anything like that that can be fixed. And that's cool. I think that's a positive that games can be patched. But the fact that a a thousand patches uh, this soon after release, I find is, is something I find unacceptable. Like that's like you didn't finish the game. Obviously, if there's that many things that needed to be fixed. That and like it definitely released too soon, like and I get why, but like ugh, it's it, it's a it's a bad look. In fact, I don't think I, I don't think I do understand why it came out this early. Like if it was coming this close to the uh, next gen console releases, anyways, and they are planning on doing like later versions of it, why didn't you just guys just wait until the consoles came out? Like we got we're gonna be talking about this more later, but with Spider Man getting a, a PS5 release as well, and a few other games getting like a PS5 releases, just for example, I think it would have been smarter just to wait like i could have i could i could see this game sales like increase exponentially uh people getting it with their like new next gen console as opposed to just you know releasing a few months before on like what is going to be the last gen systems so for so it's not even to me it doesn't even seem like a good business decision but it's also like you just released an unfinished game and that bugs me a lot like patches shouldn't be a crutch it should be a fallback in case something does go wrong and 
I don't like that more more and more games are just releasing unfinished. <clears throat> Excuse me. More and more games are releasing unfinished and, you know, just leaning on patches to fix it later. Like, eh, bugs me. Yeah, no, I'm 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 100% with you on that one. I had the game. I haven't encountered too many issues personally, but just knowing that as I move forward, that's a possibility. I'm just like, what the... F-? And this game is literally updated so much since I started it. Like, I'm literally <laughs> getting updates all the time, and I'm like, what is going on? And now I see why. It's because it's clearly a broken game. What that tells me is, like, maybe a little on later on down the road, it'll be it'll probably be a really good game after a few after these patches and like you know like like yeah it'll be a good game when it's finished so you know why would i get it now when it's not finished so i'm just very happy i didn't pay full price for it uh so moving on hogwarts legacy was revealed during the playstation 5 recent presentation where we got more information on the ps5 and a lot of people were super hyped for it but as we know jk rowling has gotten into some hot water for various comments she's made on gender as well as uh tra- as well as being accused of being transphobic and she's had a bunch of public backlash based on some words that she said um famous actors from the harry potter series including emma watson and daniel radcliffe have all come out to support trans rights publicly disagreeing with her own comments and this is coming from ign so um a wb came forward and they said that jk rowling is not directly involved with the new Harry Potter RPG Hogwarts Legacy. Now, what I want to ask you guys is how do we feel about boycotting the game? Because there has been some talk about boycotting the game because of its creator. And that brings me to the question of do do we boycott the game because of her? Because obviously she's going, either she's already made, obviously we don't know, but either she's already made a deal uh, to be able to use the rights to what she's created, or she may be getting royalties from this game. So uh, if we do purchase the game, we will be supporting her. Or are we going to boycott the game, not purchase it? but then the developers who've spent you know x amount of years working on this game get absolutely no reward and the fans don't either it's a it's a question of whether we are going to separate the creator from the content because the creator is bad and technically she isn't the creator how are we feeling about hogwarts legacy as a whole um not to be too harsh but for lack of better words i think boycotting hogwarts legacy is stupid you're not proving anything at this point um, because one, um, a lot of, a lot of the controversy that JK Rowling has, uh, has been under has lately has, it's been more present time. Like it's come out this year. I know there's been some things over the past years that she said that people are like, uh, but as far as I know, this game, Hogwarts Legacy was started development like very early, a couple of years ago, because I don't remember, it was, there was, it was one of the E3s, I don't remember which one it was, or one of those game, uh, ga- uh, game shows where they said there's a Harry Potter RPG being developed, and that was a very long time ago. Um, I don't think it's fair to the developers of the game to boycott it, cause they just brought, you know, they just brought another part of that world, of that world she's already created and made it their own. Like, yeah, sure, she's going to get some money off of it. But it's like, again, we talked about this earlier, too. It's already at the point where no one can buy this game and J.K. Rowling's not going to feel any less in her bank account. Like, she's already at that point where she can go without, you know, without getting royalties from a game because everyone's upset with her. So, again, I feel like it'd just be a slap in the face to um, to the developers and the people who worked on the uh, on the game. So really quick, one of the comments, or actually one of the 
arguments brought up in po- in a Polygon article, which is titled Why I'm Not Buying the Harry Potter Game. The author says that one of the reasons that they don't want to purchase the game is because they know that it, it has less to do with J.K. Rowling, but the the they know that it's impossible for the game to exist without her agreement and that, that this could possibly lead to boosts in sales of Harry Potter books and merchandise, which would, again, generate more income for Rowling herself. So it's less of uh, the actual game, but it's more of keeping her relevant. And the more we keep her relevant, the more she's going to be able to tweet out more harmful stuff, uh, more harmful transphobic stuff to her X amount of followers. Um, I, yeah, I like I, I kind of agree just because um, like I don't want to support JK Rowling because she just keeps saying more things. I don't know why she just won't shut the fuck up. Like just literally just stop, stop while you're ahead. Like really you're like, just she just keeps making it worse so i feel like any apology she makes is just not even genuine now because she's just keeps doing more and more like she has a merch store now it's just crazy and but like i mean i love harry potter i always have like i have the books i've read them multiple times i've that's all the merch i really bought to be honest i think i might have a sweater but um it's like i don't want to boycott it however I just, I, I don't know how to feel. Like, it's a, it's going to be an RPG, so it's not really going to be Harry Potter, it's going to be Hogwarts. So you make your character and you go around. I mean, that's what some people, like, I mean, I, I wish that was my real life. Exactly, <laughs> you know? yes. I'm not, like, yes. I don't know, like, it's what I've always wanted. Like, mm-hmm. people have been looking forward to this for so long, like, like even before it was announced, probably. And before that, even before J.K. Rowling was a total bitch, you know, mm-hmm. before she turned into, like, this crazy thunder cunt over here. <laughs> so I just don't, I don't know, like, how to feel about it. Like, I want the game so bad, I feel really strongly that I'm going to buy it. Yeah. However, you like you said, it's going to force more people into, like, it's going to force more people into knowing who she is and keeping her relevant. And if she just like kind of stopped after comments, it would have been like, okay, we're just going to, you know, grandma's old, just don't listen. But now (laughs) she has a merch store. She has like all this stuff that's directly saying that she hates trans people. I just don't know why she won't stop. Yeah. Like she's already rich. Why keep fucking beating it a dead horse? Like, I don't understand why it's so important to her to like, be on the horse you mm-hmm. know anything she says is always you know front page news so yeah. uh, you know imagine her saying something right after this game comes out which then continues to blow up but also i'm i'm also you know with gabe on this like if i were developing this game and i'm very passionate about harry potter i love harry potter as well and you know this is before uh harry himself this is hogwarts legacy so it's like our chance to be able to get our own open world harry potter rpg which people have been looking forward to for forever and then yeah and then you have you know like you said cunt bitch ruining it for you um so it's a really tough position to be in but I personally think that at the end of the day, we shouldn't pull ourselves away from enjoying something because the creator is trash. But then we also shouldn't support the creator and continue to support them in any way. So I have no opinion. Brandon? Um, yes. Well, wait, really oh, quick, Brandon, before you jump into yours. Um, sure. I don't agree with, with what you said, but the, the article you read about the boycotting, because they're saying if you buy the game, more people are going to buy Harry Potter. You know, they're going to buy Harry Potter read into the books and watch the movies what's going to happen when the game releases and it's not doing good because everyone decided to boycott guess what's going to happen every harry potter is going to come back up jk rowling is going to come back up people are going to be like oh i've never read harry potter i want to see if her views reflected in her books or what is it about the books that everyone likes that now all of a sudden 
they hold her to you know to such a high standard and she's not living up to, uh, living up to it or something so either way jk rowling is going to get her publicity and either way a lot of people are still going to buy her stuff because they want to see who she is what she's about yeah so i didn't agree too much with that boycotting to avoid all that stuff but I mean, I'm sorry, there, Brandon. There is another article. I'm sorry, also Brandon. There is another article on over on the Independent that is titled "Boycotting Hogwarts Legacy Over J.K. Rowling's Transgender Comments Won't Achieve Much," but it's no f- surprise fans are considering it. So I think even if we do know that it's not going to do something big, you know, it is still a personal decision because no one wants to support, or at least no one on this podcast wants to support anyone who is transphobic. No one wants to support someone who is going to continue to berate an entire group of people just because they don't like their existence. And it, I do think, is an internal, you know, conversation that you have to have with yourself. Are you choosing the enjoyment or are you choosing to boycott? And is that boycott going to do something for you as a person knowing that you didn't contribute to putting more money in the pockets of a bigot now i'm done brandon i'm sorry can tell us how you feeling <laughs> I'll, I'll keep it brief Wait, hold on what was it okay all right yeah uh, mine's is uh mine's is pretty brief maybe this is an unpopular opinion to say but i believe that uh, the Wizarding World slash Harry Potter franchise has even gone beyond just J.K. Rowling because, you know, obviously she's a well-known figure because she created the damn franchise. But the fact is, there's just millions upon millions of people who are enjoying the the uh, Wizarding World for everything it has and disassociated with the creator without even trying to. It's just a natural consequence just because they love the world. I'm among those people, and I know Kelly said she is earlier. Um, yeah, this is, I said it in our PS5 podcast, but this is a game that I've long, long been wanting, especially going back to the days of the old Harry Potter games that were based on the movies, where you can explore a little bit of Hogwarts, but now you get to like really live that life and whatnot. And the way I see it, like Gabe mentioned, like, it's inevitable that J.K. Rowling is going to get, even though she's not directly involved with the game, she's going to get something for this, because this is her world, but she's like so freaking wealthy that no matter whether no one buys the game or a lot of people buy the game, it will have like zero message to her. And the way I see it, you know, I'm, it's, it's, it's a shame that the childhood hero for so many has fallen down this path and is saying such harmful things. That's like ruining so many lives, but it doesn't negate the great world that she created. And the way I see it, I don't think she should get to ruin the world that so many people have loved for almost over 20 years now. I believe that people should be free to enjoy the world independent of its creator. Like, I would be happy if people who bought this game and continue to support the Wizarding World uh, were the most vocal against her. To know, to tell her that, hey, you may have created this world, but it's ours now. You don't have anything to, you you do not, you don't have a say in how we view life. We're still going to enjoy what you got. So that's my opinion on it. I mean, I think that's fair. Um, I, I think that it really depends. Because if I were to say, you know, Donald Trump were creating Overwatch 2, and I really wanted to play Overwatch 2, but I really despise Donald Trump, that would be, a, you know, an internal discussion with myself. Is he worth me playing Overwatch 2? You know, like, am I really going to stoop to that level? Um, Obviously, we don't uh, equate the two people because, you know, I think there would be a very clear difference between uh, who the creator is, but I also agree. And I think we can all use what Brandon said um, as something to think about, you know, 
it's bigger than the person who created it at this point, which I mean is one hundred percent true. So I hope to see you all in Hogwarts. Yeah. Ultimately, what I was all I'm gonna say is that like I, I won't ju- like I won't judge anyone who who does want to boycott the game if they love if they like the world. You know, at the end of the day, it's your personal decision. Like it's it's a it's a very gray issue. Honestly, I don't like. I wouldn't judge anyone for boycotting it. Just the same, I wouldn't judge anyone for buying it. Like I think you know, as long as you have the, the like, as long as you know what, what's what's going on, and you know, and have an informed decision about it, I think it's fine either way. So I and I have to bring that up now because I know there's some people that are boycotting that are really really trying to judge the people who are buying it, and I don't think that's okay. Like the whole point is we should stand, especially if we have the similar views against like J.K. Rowling's speeches. Like you should, you shouldn't be looking for enemies in this situation. Like you know, she's the one that's up there saying the the statements, and you know, I don't think it diminishes. I don't think it diminishes uh, your beliefs just because you bought the game. You know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I completely agree, and I had something else to say, but I lost my train of thought as well. So anyway, uh, next up, Cyberpunk. It was uh, recently said that Cyberpunk is going to be shorter than The Witcher 3 because people said that The Witcher 3 was too long. Uh, Before I tell you guys why I'm so excited about this, how do you guys feel about that? The Witcher 3 is a pretty damn long game, so I don't think Cyberpunk saying it's going to be shorter than Witcher 3 is really telling us how long it's going to (laughs) be. That's true. That's true. What are, we ta- what are we talking about? Uh, 95 hours compared to 100 hours? <laughs> yeah, like, for all we know, it could be like, yeah, like Brandon just said, like, five hours shorter. The Witcher 3 is an incredibly long game. Like, and I'm not exaggerating either, because I've had this, I've had The Witcher 3, I think, for two years, and I thought I was making some progress on that damn game, and I told my cousin where I was, he goes, yeah, dude, you're not even halfway through yet. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> are you serious right now? So, again, them telling us that it's shorter than The Witcher 3, tells us absolutely nothing that's very true i'll jump in real quick and uh, as to say um so there's two so, so i have two statements to make about the uh the, the uh the fact that it's quote shorter one i think we're getting to the point where especially a lot of adult gamers will always appreciate a game that's a little bit shorter just because we have so much in our backlog these days right and it's nice that there are some long games out there if you really just want to dive into something but I also feel that the perception of Cyberpunk, like they're both RPGs, let's be clear. But that being said, I feel like Cyberpunk as a game is going to give more people the perception that even though it is an RPG, it's not going to be extremely long because I think don't just don't think that's the expectation. Whereas games that are like based on like um, high fantasy and whatnot, I I feel like there's a there's a built-in expectation for games like that to last long because that's how most high fantasy games are. Whether you're talking about a JRPG or a Western RPG. You see swords and dragons, you know that you're in for a story, not a movie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the cyberpunk being, you know, quote, shorter, regardless of their reasoning, I feel like it just makes sense. I agree. Uh, Kelly, what do you think? Um, I think that, like, the main story should be long enough. I don't know what I would consider the right length. I have no idea. But I just think, like, if they did side quests and it was, like, a super long game, like The Witcher 3, that would be okay. But the, like, people want to get to the end. So there has to be some definitive, like, story ending something in a reasonable amount of time. Because, yeah, like Brandon said, I mean, we're old. Like, we need you know, something that's going to be over quickly so we can move on and go to our jobs. You know, I can't right. be sitting there spending a hundred hours in 
uh, fantasy land, um, especially with all the games that I have in my backlog. Like, I don't have the time for that. But at the same time, I feel like I played campaigns that were just over and I was kind of like, well, what now? You know, mm-hmm. I wanted more. Mm-hmm. But that would be like maybe 20 hours. Yeah. I don't know if after 30 or 40 hours, I'd be like, I want more. I think I'd be like, okay, let's finish it. <laughs> yes. No, I completely agree. So Patrick K. Mills, who is the senior quest designer, uh, was speaking on Twitch and he said that they did shorten the main story of Cyberpunk uh, as a response to the complaints that they got for the length of The Witcher 3. But he also did go on to say that um, the, there will be lots to do and there will also still be side quests. So I'm assuming that means that you know the uh obviously this is just an assumption but i'm assuming that the main story is something that we can actually get through and then if you want to continue your your adventures in night city there will be enough main quest uh side quest rather for you to uh get the full amount of money from your game and this is going to be really interesting because if i'm not mistaken this game is coming out like i think it's on november 12th I should have. I should know this, uh, but I'm pretty sure it's coming out like right around the console releases. So it's gonna be in a very interesting spot because I also think that this is one of the games that is going to be that we're gonna be able to continue to play on our next gen consoles for free. I'm pretty sure CD Projekt Red did come out and say that um, if you have the PS4 version, you get the PS5 upgrade for free. Correct me if I am wrong. If I am wrong, I'm sorry. But I'm pretty sure that's also something they said. So you know, looking forward to all the games that we've seen that are coming out and. Uh, this time, even though we don't have as many launch titles um, coming out for these new consoles, we do have uh, Xbox Game Pass, and so we're going to have over 100 games that we can play once we get the Series X on November uh, 10th, I believe it is. And then for the PlayStation 5, we have the PlayStation Collection coming out, so it's not like we won't have things to play. Adding Cyberpunk to that, because it's like 300 plus hours long, would not be something I'd look forward to, because, I mean, Brandon, you and I and Wesley talked about this on the Last of Us 2 podcast, like, I wish that sometimes they gave us less little to no collectibles in video games because (laughs) I am literally going to spend so much time exploring everything and picking up collectibles and I already know that Cyberpunk for me is going to be a very fucking long game (laughs) because I know that I'm going to want to explore all of Night City. I know that I'm going to want to pick everything up and that's great for me as a gamer. I'm definitely getting my money's worth but I also am an adult like you guys said who is already behind on at least 100 games and uh, has a seriously ridiculous backlog. So Thank you, CD Projekt Red. Thank you for yes, making your game, you. your main game shorter for those of us who have, you know, other things to do. We do want to escape into that world, but um, you also don't want it to be, you know, tedious. Like, you don't want to have Gabe's experience where you think you're putting in some type of work only to find out you ain't putting shit. So that's definitely yeah. one of those where I'm, 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 I think it's good news, personally. I got, like, two quick things I want to add to this real quick. Mm-hmm. One is, is um... I th- like I was saying when I was again bringing up my point about like how um some people would, will want that kind of longer experience. Honestly, where I were like what Gabe said, where that he's going through Witch Three, that he's like not even halfway done. Like I think there is something to, like what Kelly said. There is something to be said about games that the story. If you're just there to just see the credits at the end of the day, I don't think it should be too long. It shouldn't be too short because you are spending like a lot more and more money on games these days. But it also shouldn't be like so long you can't finish it. Where I think you could like get more value out of games like this is that they do have like that side content that you could choose to ignore as long as it's not like you know really important to the story or anything like that. So people who do want that extra value can uh, get it. But the other thing I was gonna just say real quick is that um I feel like we're getting into a uh, cyberpunk is probably like symptomatic of the fact that I think going forward for consoles like the big consoles 
we're going to start seeing less and less games that are like really, really long in length. Like so games like maybe Final Fantasy 16 might be an exception to that. But overall, I think we're going to start seeing less games that really have you sit down for like a really long experience of time. Switch, I know, is like a good place to do that because, you know, it's handheld. You could take it anywhere. Like I know we're talking about Witcher 3. Japanese sales of Witcher 3 skyrocketed when that came on Switch because even though that's a lesser version, it's handheld. So people that can are not at home often could take the time to finish this long-ass RPG because, you know, maybe they could take it on their train ride or bus ride or what have you. Man, bless anybody who plays Witcher 3 on Switch. Y'all are better than I am. Ain't no yeah. way I would ever play that game it, honestly. It's it's a it's a it's a it's a solution if you just absolutely cannot be at your console for very long. But it ain't the best solution. But you know, do what you got to do. I guess. Also, bless these people who keep playing that game. I am so happy for y'all that y'all don't have to buy another game. I mean, if you continue to buy the same game, great. Right. Like it's great right. that y'all can Let, have fun with. Shout that. out to shout out to those long games. If you're if you're one of those people who don't buy like a hundred games. Uh, every two years and just buy like two long games bless because you're saving money and getting a lot, a lot, a lot for your buck right buy the witcher on ps5 and there you go for the next seven years I mean, yeah. i'm literally I, that may sound sarcastic but i'm literally not even hating like i wish that was me i could save a lot of money I, yeah i really wish i could get into a game and stay into it for that long like, right for me <laughs> exactly. like i'm bored i'm bored after 100 hours in a game i'm like i just would rather just throw this game in the trash like i don't care after that how do people stay interested so long i mean i think you guys don't want to hear about my skyrim addiction then oh <laughs> my gosh gabe you'll have to tell us how i have works. bought i have bought that game every time it's released every <laughs> I time I, I cannot stop dude did you buy that did you buy that alexa version uh, no not that one i'm not i'm not fat i'm not fat <laughs> very special <laughs> okay, but, okay, but really I, quick, why? Like, what is it that keeps bringing you to purchase Skyrim? Like, what brings you back? Um, one, the music. The music, I like, I know the music doesn't change with each release, but I just love hearing the music. And then I'm obviously going to want to buy it on the system that I play the most. Okay, like, wait, example, question, question, I got question, question. Can't you just buy the soundtrack? And I listen the to the music whenever? I have the soundtrack. So you gotta buy it, you gotta buy the game again, though? If you already have you the didn't soundtrack? Hear, you, didn't hear, you didn't hear what I said. You want to buy it? I on... said, I'm gonna buy it. I'm gonna buy it for the system that I use the most, so I can hear it as I play. Like I'm gonna listen to the music while I play. That's it's not the ultimate factor, but it's a, it's a deciding factor in why I bought. But you release. can literally just play the music if you bought the soundtrack while you play something else on your new okay, console. But... But sometimes I want to play the same game. Sometimes I want to play. <laughs> okay, Saturday. cool. I'm just asking. Can I'm you trying to understand. Play it on the system you have it on. Why do you need it for every? Another one, exactly. Well, no, yeah. Because because that's because that's the thing. Like, I, like, okay, I was gonna I was gonna go through like the timeline, but you guys, I'm sorry, don't let I'm me sorry. finish. Go ahead, go ahead. So I got it for the PS3, right? Um, by the time I got it for the PS3, the PS4 was getting ready to come out. Um, I didn't put too many hours in on the PS3. So they're like, oh, okay, here's Skyrim for the PS4, the remastered version. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and buy that. But before that happened, I don't know why. This this is the only time I don't know why I bought it. I bought it for my PC. But at the time, I didn't have a PC that could run really well. But I think to me, because I was always, you know, I was always on campus in college. So I was like, oh, you know, during my off times, I want to play my game. But you obviously, I can't bring my PS3 to you know, to FIU and connect it up to a random TV. I mean, I could, but that was rude to do, so I didn't do that. So I bought it for my PC. Um, turns out, I really don't know anything about PCs, so I didn't check the specs before buying the game. 
and I think I could run the game at like one frame per five minutes. That's how bad my PC was. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so, what? So, as you can imagine, this little skinny kid is sitting down in the college library, booting up Skyrim for the first time, and all of a sudden. I thought my computer froze because I was on a black screen for the longest time. And right before I hit the off switch, the title screen finally came up. So I'm like, oh, it is running. Just very slowly. Oh my god. So that was that was my one mistake, uh, my one mistake purchase of Skyrim. But then, you know, they announced it for the, uh, the PS4. And then the thing is, on the PS4, they announced that you could download, you could put some mods into it, which you previously couldn't have done on the PS3. So that was another selling point for me. So I was like, you know, Skyrim with mods, who doesn't love it? Um, but then the other thing was um, when I got an actual PC that could run it and I re-downloaded the game, at that point, um, there, there's that thing of if you already had the original version of Skyrim on Steam, they give you the remastered one for free. So that was another copy that I got, but that one was free. And then for the Switch... Again, it was the whole portability thing that sold me. It's like, oh, I can now play Skyrim on the move. That's, you know. And honestly, Skyrim on the Switch wasn't that bad, the graphic, like graphic wise. So that's literally why I got every single release of that game. There was always a reason. May not have been the best reasons, but there was always a reason. All right. Are you actually still playing the game? Yes. All right, fine. That's all I needed to know. On PC and PS4. Awesome. Honestly, I can't judge. I own four versions of Final Fantasy X. Oh, you know Hello? what? I do too, but I own three. But the, that is because, one, it is a remaster. One. Yeah, that's and true. And then two, it's just because everything is better portably on Switch for RPGs. That's, that's why I like, did it. That's, that's literally. So we have like actual reasons. Um, <laughs> anyway, so all of us have been on Twitch, I believe, at some point, one point or another. Uh, recently, Twitch mid-roll ads were released, except, well, there's, let me correct that statement. Twitch mid-roll ads have always been a thing, but uh, streamers have been able to decide when they show up. So recently, Twitch started automatically running ads in the middle of streams um, as a test. And what they would do is they had a picture-in-picture version for the mid-roll ads so that essentially streamers who were uh, affiliates and partners would be able to get paid for every ad that was run. So they'd hopefully be making more revenue by this service. Of course, if you pay and subscribe to a channel, you wouldn't see the ads um, if you subscribe to the person on Twitch or whatever. But anyone who hadn't would be able to see these mid-roll ads that showed up on Twitch. And they got a bunch of controversy as soon as they were shown because the picture-in-picture actually made the player smaller and put this huge ad up. And a lot of times, from what I saw on on Twitter, a bunch of people were missing very important parts of their... um, their streams were being minimized so that it was really hard to see what was going on. And it took choice away from the creators, uh, the content creators. And Twitch said that the creators should just tell their community that an ad break was coming, <laughs> which is a bad thing to say. Either way, uh, it has since been removed. But since we're all on Twitch, um, how did you guys feel about Twitch enforcing uh, mineral ads when they saw fit? when it would actually uh hopefully increase revenue for creators but take that um take that uh agency away from creators how did, how did you guys feel about that yeah i just feel like it wasn't really thought out 
like that like yeah that's a, that's really all I can say about it like <laughs> cool more ad revenue for creators but like random is no good you could just really ruin some moment yeah just someone only thought about it halfway that's all I can really say I'm glad it's gone and let me also say with that, uh, over on The Verge, they have an article talking about it, and they do mention that the the, the rates for which you're paid are um, amount of money per uh, viewer, so it's per 1,000 viewers. So you earn $3.50 per 1,000 views of that ad. Oh my so, god. Yeah, so it's not even, yes, it is an increase, but it's like, uh, the author does mention that as an affiliate, they were able to make $2.26, and their friend who was a partner made $6.62. Uh, so it's not even, honestly, worth the interrupt but uh, Kelly how did you feel about it um I don't know if I really have an opinion just because like I didn't really see I mean I haven't been streaming that much lately so I don't know like no one on my channel has been like complaining about it but all I saw really was just everyone bitching about it on Twitter that's really my only point of reference was streamer Twitter going absolutely batshit over it and I guess it makes sense because you don't want the you know the content to be minimized while the ad pops up but weren't they already doing that i guess just the creator had the option to play it when they wanted yeah but i've so, been seeing mid-roll ads for ages yeah so you know? creators were most mostly you know for a bathroom break or some type of break um within their their stream they do a mid-roll ad you know uh yeah. but I, one of the reasons I think that people were so incensed over this one was just that when you don't get to control when that happens, like there was one that I saw that there was a fighting game and it was like, you know, at the last second where, you know, people were watching to see who would win, it was minimized and you couldn't really see what happened. And oh, so wow. it was really on. And I think there was someone who was doing a, a Dark Souls boss and they yeah. were like about to win. And it was just like, just kidding. Here's a Twitch ad. And then, you know, that content is up in the corner, really hard to see. And everyone really misses those epic moments. So I don't think it's a big deal, honestly, until those moments where like the view, this, the moments that we tune in for were the moments that were ironically being interrupted. And I think that's pretty much why people were going crazy over it especially if you know the amount of money that you were making isn't even that much to to ruin the moment for your viewers yeah that makes sense did you have anything on that game no not really i like to watch i like to watch streams after they're done for that specific reason i don't like ads rip but the hype the hype of in-game streams. Look, you have to be there when Kelly screams when she sees a spider. You oh, have to. Be, you have to be there <laughs> when users. when Brandon misses his blitzball shit. You know, like or oh, when some crazy shit happens in Mario. Like those are the moments you have to be in chat to see and make fun of them for. You know, like I, I, but I get you. I understand. I hate the Elvis Sykes. <laughs> I hate spiders. So. Yes, I, 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 it honestly is great. Like, those are the moments that you don't want to be interrupted by an unasked for ad, because that would kind of suck. So, uh, staying on the PS5 train that we've been on this entire podcast, recently we found out that Insomniac confirmed that the PS5 version of Marvel Spider-Man will not support, uh, PS4 saves. So, I personally have not played Spider-Man, so this doesn't really affect me. 
Oh, and and we also found out that there is no plan to release a physical version of uh, Spider-Man Remastered for the PS5. So the only way to get it is digital, and it's not going to access your PS4 saves. Personally, this doesn't affect me at all because I've never played it, and even if I had play it, played it, I don't see how transfers from the original to the remaster would really affect me in any way. So I don't really understand the ire about this, but maybe you guys, I don't know if you guys feel any differently, but maybe you guys can tell me what it's all about. I'll speak a little on it because I have played the PS4 Spider-Man, finished it. Uh, I think I even got the Platinum, if I'm not mistaken, because that game is great. But my statement on it is, um, so for me personally, uh, given that this is like a increased, ver- like a remastered version of it, I was definitely going to play it again oh, anyways. Also, because sorry, one yeah. more thing to add. The okay. PS5 game, um, you have to buy it digitally. This game is not one of the titles that will be receiving a free upgrade. So even if you have the PS4 version, you would have to go out and purchase the PS5 version separately. Sorry, continue. Right, yes. So what I was going to say was, yeah, so I was t- totally planning on playing this anyway. But I will say that it is a bit disappointing that, you know, they were saying from the start, Sony that is, that, you know, if you were to, it was going to support backwards compatibility with the PS4, so you, if you have your PS4 version of Spider-Man, you can still play it on the PS5, you just won't get the upgraded version. But um, it's it's a shame, though, that the game that they were literally advertising as, hey, PS4 games, when they play PS5, will look even better and take advantage of the new features and all that. And to their credit, that's true. But the thing is, like you said, it's a different version, a remastered version. So if you're just playing the PS4 version on your PS5, you're just playing the PS4 version. It's no different than if you were playing it on a pro. To really get the remastered version, you have to like buy kind of like a, a separate game. And I, I don't know, it's 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 I get it, but it's also kind of scummy that the game that they advertise be like the example of this of this feature is the one that you got to buy a separate version for just to get it. As far as the says, like I mean, I get that too. It sucks. I would have liked to have to keep the the save as an option. Like, there's a lot of people I know that's going to be affected. It won't affect me personally because I was just going to do the game over again just to experience everything in the remaster. But it is a shame that you know they could really couldn't incorporate it for this well, game going what forward. Would you be losing? And if, like, are you just losing Spider-Man suits? Uh, basically, like, because you have to earn every one of those suits in the game. Like, it take it does take a lot of time. To do all of that, mm. so if you, so to, so if like if you're doing the story, I mean the story itself is is a good I don't know eight to ten hours. It's not very long to do the story. It's all the other content that you'll really sink your time into to unlock all those suits, complete all those challenges and stuff like that. That's a hard pill for anyone to swallow. Swallow if you like like if it's been long enough. Some people want to do that over again. I know I'm one of them, but like a lot of people, you know, they invested however many hours into the game, and then you just have to do it all over again. Like I know it's gonna suck for a lot of people. And I can't say I don't sympathize with them. I understand the outrage. I'm just personally neutral towards the whole thing. I just wish it was an option for okay, people who had the PS4 like, to get the remaster. What I don't understand is that isn't that what you have to do anyway when you play a remaster? Like, we literally repurchased Final Fantasy X knowing that we were going to have to go through and play the whole game. Actually, that did have uh, cross-saves. Um uh, like, from PS3 to uh, whatever. The point is, yeah, if, no. you're, if you're repurchasing yeah. that, like, isn't your intention to replay the game anyway? Yeah, like, uh, like, and you're and you're absolutely right. With any other remaster, that would 100% be what you would have to do, and people kind of know that going forward. I just think that I think the only reason why people are up in arms about it is because one, like I was saying before, uh, you know, they were saying that if you if you play the PS4 or Spider-Man, you play on the PS5, you get more features, and now people are being told that it's a separate game, basically, just to get the remastered version. So they're 
It's not. It went against your expectations. And then on the other, and then on the other thing, Xbox next door is literally offering the smart delivery, where if you just buy the game once, you'll get that improved version without having to buy anything extra. It's just they're seeing what's like the grass is greener on the other side. They're seeing what Xbox is doing. Yeah, but and they're you can't, upset. You can't say that because PlayStation is also doing that for certain titles. It just happens but to not, not be Spider Man. The, the one. That's that's what I'm saying. Like Spider Man was that game. And that's the one game that's now being said, oh, you still got to do it the traditional way, buy separately for the remaster. And that's why people are upset. If this was almost like any other game, like if this wasn't the game that they that Sony had showed off, like I think a year ago, to have these improved features and... But not all Xbox games are getting that either. Not all of them. So like... No, no, that's not. But there's enough up there. All, like, I, I, let me reiterate. I'm not, I'm not personally upset, I'm not upset yeah. about, about any of this. But I'm just saying... People are what people are seeing is just like they feel betrayed, and that's why the people are up in arms about it. Well, I don't understand why people feel betrayed. Uh, it doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, Kelly or Gabe, did y'all want to chime in on that? Uh, the last Spider-Man game that I played was Ultimate Spider-Man on PlayStation Two, yes. so I don't really have an opinion. Yes. Uh, it came out in two thousand five. I just looked that up. Good year, you know. Yes. But, um, <laughs> was a good year. I, I think. Like, Sony is, like, weird about Spider-Man. Like, they want to capitalize so much. Like, have you noticed, like, you can't find any of the Spider-Man movies on any streaming services? Like, they are always going to capitalize to the max on Spider-Man. So I'm not really surprised that they're charging people to buy it again. Because, like, that is, like, cash cow. Yeah. You know what I mean? can't even rent them for cheap. Like, you just can't get a hold of a Sony product with the Spider-Man name for any, like, it's just, you're never going to get it for cheap. Like, yep. it's just how it is. Like, Spider-Man, like I said, is their, like, cash cow. They won't sell the rights to, like, the Avengers and stuff so that he can be, like, in the universe unless it's, like, his movie. I guess he was in a couple of movies with them, but, like, they just aren't giving it up. They're going to keep Spider-Man until they're, like, cold in the ground. Yeah, I mean, even with uh, Marvel's Avengers, Spider-Man is going to be ex- uh, exclusive to PlayStation. So oh you can't God, get him on Xbox. They're fucking crazy. They're just like so obsessed with Spider-Man. Like I said, that's like their cash cow. Like Peter Parker is their prized possession. I mean, he's making guess, them the money. Even Tobey Maguire, you know, that was, that was just Ooh, yeah. horrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gabe, did you have anything about this? Um, no, not really. I just finished talking about how I've rebought every Skyrim game. <laughs> so you're just like, so, yeah. <laughs> my, my point is mute on this. There you go. <laughs> so, because we reached the hour mark, there's one more thing I want to talk to you guys about before I let you go. And that is that Amazon has introduced their own cloud gaming service titled Luna. So they are jumping into the gaming service business. As we all know, uh, Google's Stadia was a flop. A very big flop, even though they continue to pretend like it's not and advertise it. Good for them. I, I don't know how much they've invested, so hopefully they can save it. But yeah, uh, Google Stadia was a flop, so Amazon has decided to jump in on the cloud gaming service. They're going to launch Luna, which will be playable on PC, Mac, Amazon's Fire TV, as well as iPhones and iPads through web apps. Android versions are said to be coming soon as well. I'm already excited for it because that means I can play it on my on my Apple products. Uh, the difference between Luna Luna and Microsoft's 
Google, uh, xCloud, and Stadia is that when you use Apple, you run into these policies that have prevented people to be able to play on iOS devices. So um, even though Apple did recently change the rules, Microsoft and Apple are still having conversations about xCloud on um, Apple products. But that does mean that now Apple users are going to be able to jump right into an online gaming service through Amazon. Um, As of right now, also, it'll be available in the U.S. um, and Hawaii and Alaska Oh, not available in Hawaii, Alaska, or some other territories. The subscription is five ninety nine, so it's only going to be six dollars a month. And they promise quality of up to four K with sixty frames per second for some games. And you can play on two devices at a time with Luna Plus. So if you, I don't know how much Luna Plus is going to be, but if you do have the Plus version, you'll be able to play uh, two devices at one time. So you and a friend might be able to hop on and do some cloud game streaming through Amazon on whatever you have. Um, and it does say that they will have a early access period that you can try to get into, and they will do 30 days notice before the early access period is over. And so far, the games that have been announced for Luna Plus are Resident Evil 7, Control, Panzer Dragoon, A Plague's Tale Innocence, The Surge 2, Ukulele in the Impossible Lair, Iconoclasts, Grid, Abzu, and Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. Um, Also, they're uh, leveraging their ownership of Twitch so that the Lunar Interface will show Twitch streamers uh, for games that are supported in the service. And players can launch into games right from Twitch. So very similar to what uh, Stadia was attempting to do. You'll be able to just watch your favorite streamers and hop right into the game that they're playing or uh, on your own. And there is no hardware as well. So that they do uh, as Stadia. Well, actually, Stadia. Did Stadia have hardware? Aside from not, the controller? Not really. Okay, yeah. Yeah, just so, a controller. Exactly. With Luna as well, there will be a controller. It is an Alexa-enabled controller that connects directly to the cloud service for lower latency experience, similar to the Stadia controller. That is going to be $50 uh, for pre-order. Device compatibility for Luna is PC, which requires Windows 10 with support of DirectX 11, Mac, OS 10, um, Fire TV devices, uh, Chrome web browser for PC and Mac, or Safari web browser, iOS 14 for iPhone and iPad, which is really fucking dope. So, we've seen how Stadia failed with their uh, cloud gaming service. Um, Oh, also, very important, it says that users can expect to consume up to 10 gigabytes per hour at 1080p resolution. So, if you guys are paying, you know, for X amount of gigabytes per month on your internet, please be aware that that shit is going to be ate up super quick if you're trying to play something in 4K. Just throwing that out there. That's that's a little caveat. Um, And this is all, by the way, reported by GameSpot. So, Stadia failed. It was a big flop. Uh, cloud gaming is always something that I'm not so sure about because my internet goes in and out. It's trash sometimes. I don't yeah. necessarily even want to be playing on my iPhone. Like, I don't want to play Resident Evil 7 on my iPhone. I have no interest in doing something like that. Not even on my iPad. I know that some people are interested in that. Oh, also, there's a partnership with Ubisoft. So, uh, games like Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Far Cry 6, and Immortals Rising on release date should also be coming to, um... Amazon's Luna, so yay, more Ubisoft games everywhere because they're just really Ubisoft into... Ubisoft do, do, doesn't miss any opportunity ever. At all. Like, they're always like, take our games. Um, which, anyway, that's that's another topic. But, uh, so how do you guys feel about uh, Amazon's Luna cloud gaming service? So first off, um, it's interesting that unlike, Sta- unlike Google, who made a huge deal about Stadia before they officially announced it, 
Amazon just kind of low-key just dropped this. They were just like, hey, by the way, we're also going to do our own streaming thing. To the point I was like, wait, what? And then I just saw it. I was like, oh, oh, wow, they're just getting into it. So between Amazon Luna, Google Stadia, and uh, Xbox with their Game Pass, and as well as the xCloud, it's very clear to me that gaming really is starting to move forward into the whole cloud streaming thing with its pro- products. But there's two di- – but there's – like there's a there's some obstacles that are gonna come with that. First off, not everyone has good connection. So like, it may be the future, but and you know if there's a lot of people that are doing it, then it may push like some people to start like uh, I don't know push connections to be to be greater. I don't know. Like Google Stadia on their own couldn't do it. Like their whole thing was like, well, this is coming out, so people are gonna have to improve. Like one console or experience or rather state experience is not going to do that but if enough companies are doing it then who knows what what may happen i just know we're not there yet because there's a lot of people who don't have the connection to reliably use cloud streaming games at the moment so i will say that luna's price point is at least a little more fair it's worth it i might at least try a month just to see how it fares but like what i use it consistently not me personally i'm just wondering how it's going to turn out compared to stadia who uh you know they didn't really do so well with their thing I, it's just I wonder if it's really like necessarily a problem with the concept or the pro or the problem of just when the timing is for these to come out. Like I really don't know the answer to that. Like I feel like it could eventually do well, but I just don't know if now is the right time. I just feel like technology and connectivity and all that kind of stuff just isn't there yet for a lot of users to really take advantage of something like this, regardless of how good it promises to be. Yeah, that's the only thing I'm going to say about this. Uh, I do think that the the uh, Switch interface, because obviously Amazon owns Switch, owns Switch, I do think that that Twitch, Twitch interface and integration could be really cool. I think the price point is fair. $6 a month is, uh, I think, super fair for cloud gaming. But at the end of the day, the amount of... Um, the amount of, of gigabytes that it's going to take to play these games is a yeah, bit ridiculous. And I don't see anyone wanting to actually play on mobile. Like, I I personally don't want to play on mobile. I'm sure there are a lot of people who are super excited to play on mobile. But it's not for me because I don't want to play on mobile. And I just don't have, and I don't see people having that internet connection to make those things work. Um, Kelly, Gabe, how are you guys feeling? Uh, yeah, I think the controller's cute because it has, like, purple on it. Uh, it does look purple. Good. So it looks pretty good, but I like Twitch, and I think that that will be a really big feature. Like Xbox or Microsoft, they failed with Mixer trying to like integrate that, you know. But I think that this, because Twitch is already like a really well one of the most popular platforms for gaming, it could be like a really cool thing. Like I wonder if it will like bring more people to Twitch, or I wonder how it will affect it. Um, I think six dollars is a great price point. I don't really care about playing on mobile either, but I think that um, it's a pretty cool idea. And like you said, they don't, they're not really like getting people's hopes up. They're not saying like the next big thing in gaming. They're just like, yeah, here's like this thing we did. And okay, if you want to try it or something, it's like, I don't know. I, my internet can't do that though. So I'm not probably going to be purchasing this. Yes, I am. <laughs> Gabe, what about you? Um, one interesting thing I think about this, and every single one of you has mentioned it already, is the fact that it's mobile. Um, as we all know, Fortnite and Apple have been going at it for the past couple of weeks. And the fact that, because you're not allowed to play, not, I don't know if you're not allowed, but um, I don't think Apple allows Stadia to run on Apple devices. And now all of a sudden, here comes Amazon 
and you can you you can run these games. You can run their 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 not system their service on your on Apple products. Yeah, that's or an big iPad or a Mac. That is huge. Um, so I I might be looking into it a little bit too much, but I think that's something definitely to look at for the next couple of weeks or maybe even months while this Fortnite versus Apple thing keeps going. Um, <clears throat> oh, excuse me, because um, as of recently as today. Fortnite is no longer alone in their fight against Apple. Yeah, um, fuck that. Because uh, sorry, yeah, Wait, I have feelings. Fortnite or Apple? Uh, Fortnite. Yeah, was, yeah, but um, but you know, re- as recently as uh, Spotify is another company that they've had problems with Apple in the past before, but now now it's not just one on ones versus Apple. Now it's you know a group of companies trying to you know trying to get apple to change their ways so again this this amazon luna thing coming out um and it being playable on apple devices i think that's something worth keeping track of to see how that goes um in the future but besides that i'm not getting it because i <laughs> don't I, I i really don't see the the, the purpose the the purpose of uh of cloud gaming like that um it's not it's not for me and then because like, my Wi-Fi sucks half the time, so, <laughs> so I'm, I'm not gonna try and push yeah, my, my Wi-Fi more. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I also think I, I a... can barely. Go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. You want to cut me off again? Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. Like no, I was just thinking. Like I could barely like stream and play an online game at the same time with my Wi-Fi. So I'm, I, it just doesn't interest me at all. Like maybe if I had Google Fiber, or some really other good Wi-Fi in my house, but. And besides that, I'm good. Well, I was just going to say, I do think that the timing is really off for this. Uh, You know, release this right before the PS5 and Xbox Series X comes out. You know it's sold out. You know people are going to be playing digitally and physically on there. Um, I mean, I guess if you don't grab one and you want to play Ubisoft's new games in 4K, this is a great solution uh stadia was attempting to be that solution where we didn't have to purchase consoles and look how that turned out and look at all the consoles that are sold out already so it's a very interesting time for amazon to jump into the gaming scene like right before uh or right during uh, a next gen uh a next generation uh as we transition i mean this, this is i don't know how it's going to work for them bless them i think it's really cool to not be to not have to purchase a brand new console to be able to play, you know, Assassin's Creed Valhalla or Immortals Phoenix Rising. And I have, and Far Cry 6, and I think I have much more faith in Amazon to be able to create the service than I did in Google. And, and because they own Twitch, like Kelly said, I, I do look forward to what could come of playing brand new games, uh, that way. But I also just feel like a lot of people are just gonna use their consoles because they're brand new. And we'll see how that works out. Anyway, so this has been a great hour talking to you guys all about gaming news. Uh, for anyone listening, this is my new podcast crew, so expect to hear us quite a lot. I'm super excited for us to get back into the podcast game. Hopefully you'll be see- hearing from us rather weekly. Thank you, Gabe. Thank you, Kelly. And thank you, Brandon. Thank you all for coming to talk to me. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.